It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. You're listening to Voices of Harvest, a podcast bonus series from Casually Baked, celebrating the craft of cannabis farming and the art of storytelling. Get into the spirit of the season by sharing your favorite harvest memory. Record a voice memo and email it to ask at casuallybaked.com. In the meantime... Enjoy this tale of harvest. This is the story of Virginia Jeff and how we started in the cannabis industry. Yeah, it's really what uh, what made us realize that it was okay to do. No, it, if we didn't do it, we're fucking idiots. <laughs> Or and that. we both had full-time jobs, and we were able to help this guy that we met at the bar trim his harvest in November of 2009. Uh, we basically met Virginia Jeff, and he invited us out to his mansion that he was renting in the foothills of Santa Rosa, California. And he had rented this place from obviously some wealthy people and they had no idea what he was doing, but he took the tennis court, <laughs> which I mean, in these days, just pretty small for a grow. But back in 2009, it was, that's badass, right? Like yeah. it's flat. It's pretty edgy. There's probably water there. Lots of sun. No one puts a tennis court in the shade, you know, and flat primarily. So it was probably a, a good spot, you know, radiant, radiant floors from the concrete. Like he was doing it. Smart pots, 99 plants. Of course, in 2009, you don't know this. You're just like, this is your first time seeing all this, No, right? it took me years to figure out what he actually did. At the time, I just showed up to help trim weed and I didn't even know what that meant. I was making 20 bucks an hour and I could drink beer but <laughs> yeah, on the job. Win. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll be there right after work. Right after work. <laughs> Jeff's story 
is it, it begins in a really great way though. He came to California because he was watching a 60 minute special on the Green Rush and he saw that Harborside was offering classes through their Oaksterdam University on how to grow cannabis and so he jumped on a plane and came out here to grow weed and joined up on one of these classes and met a consultant who gave him the guidance to grow these plants, but not the guidance on how to harvest them. <laughs> no. Oh my God. no, and this consultant we went to high school with and ended up doing a lot of business with later once we got, you know, deeper into the cannabis industry. Back then we called it the game. <laughs> deep, deep in the game. Basically, Virginia Jeff just flew by the seat of his pants and made it all work, and it was just a big, fun party, but then things got a little weird. They grew all the weed, but they forgot about the processing side, so they didn't have a dry room dried up, set up. <laughs> Not at all. They didn't have They're any... renting dehues from yeah. the, like... Did he skip that class in school? I guess, and they so so basically they had the whole house lined with weed drying, you know, and they don't they don't have no idea what's going on, and they need. This is an older house, but it's a mansion. This is like a five bedroom, four thousand square foot guest house, regular house. I mean, this is like who would rent this guy this house? (laughs) It's because he was a older, respectable white gentleman <laughs> it had a white privilege is that what you just said Pretty yeah much. i mean the house is perfect for growing weed or for processing weed i would say if i had that place to process now we would crush it because it had this grand living room that must have been like 40 by 50 with vaulted ceilings there was at one time 25 people set up on folding tables and chairs <laughs> and jeff came over to me and he goes hey dude stop what you're doing and and look at this real quick. And I stood up and he like handed me a joint and I'm like, what are you talking about? And I turned and I look with him and there's like 25 people with their head down trimming. And all you could hear was like some techno music and scissors. And he goes, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) And I look at him and I go, yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) But like, (laughs) you know, fast forward to now, I look at that and I'm like, no, yeah, that is fucking awesome because he was just looking at all of his weed being trimmed yeah. at an ultra slow pace. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to him, it was lightning speed. You well, know? that's the irony. Is, what, is five there, pounds a day, yeah, maybe? Yeah, with 25 people doing about 25 five, people. five pounds a day, getting paid hourly. $20 an hour, cash. It, it, Every day they'd pay you. Smoking joints, drinking beer, doing about a quarter pound. <laughs> they had food and beer. Always. So at this point, y'all are... The trim it's the scene, best job we've ever had at this point, yeah. But the trim scene de-evolved into a 24-hour rave. And so when we went there initially, it was like this great opportunity. There was, like, people were serious. You know, we were making a little extra money trimming. And then all of a sudden, it was like, we need more people. And so... Everybody's calling their cousin and their friend and like all these festy hippies are showing up. And next thing you know, it totally just like evolved into this giant rave and nothing was getting done. And the big catastrophe of the whole thing was one night partying super hard. Somebody like crashed their vehicle at the bottom of the driveway. I thought it was a motorcycle. 
I don't even remember. Motorcycle, car, <laughs> You're vehicle. Like, it was a rave that I remind, <laughs> may I yeah. remind you? No, I was like, this dude's wasted on a motorcycle trimming Yikes. weed. But I think it does. The person backed into a neighbor's gate, and obviously music is going all the time, and blah, blah, blah. So... They're, we're in Santa Rosa. This isn't Humboldt or Mendo. Like, we're in... A we're in nice, town. We're in a nice neighborhood in Santa Rosa, and all these neighbors are probably like, "What the fuck is going on over there?" Yeah, I haven't heard they are peep, not happy. I haven't heard a peep out of that house all year, and now all of a sudden they've been <laughs> yeah. partying for three weeks. Now all of a sudden there's like 18 cars and 25 people there. So anyway, uh, it was about 9 a.m. one morning, and I was there trimming. It was early, so there's a few people working, and all of a sudden there's a real loud knock at the door, and it's the uh, Sonoma County Sheriff's Department. And they're rolling deep, right? And yeah, they, it was a whole like little force coming in, like seeing what's going how on. Many, how many sheriff? It was. It wasn't. I mean, not too deep. Three cars, five sheriffs, something like that. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was enough to enough to scare be intimidating. You know? Three I sheriff mean, cars and five dudes. And I just remember like being at the table and you hear the knock and like, oh, they walk in and I just remember being like, oh fuck. Well, I got my script. I hope all this works out, <laughs> you know, and just putting down my scissors and being real calm and. Anyway, they rounded everybody up that was there. It was like a bunch of hippies sleeping in the guest house, a bunch of hippies sleeping here, a bunch of hippies still up. Oh, my God. <laughs> they got us all out in the driveway, and they, like, Hosed you us. down. <laughs> kind of. You <laughs> <hippie> smell. <laughs> Put a little mace on your shoes. Everybody's out of there. Surely for everybody. <laughs> Sprinkled it. <laughs> but anyway, they round us all up. You know, they talked to to Virginia Jeff there and he shows him the the binder that he's got <laughs> of enough scripts to cover the uh, amount of weed being grown there and uh so he had a good consultant apparently, apparently. Yeah. yeah well he went to Oaksterdam they knew what to do Taught him all got him all the <laughs> they way said, to harvest here this is the paperwork you this need this is your get this out of free lawyer pass. you call <laughs> this is like the dirty lawyer you call uh anyway the sheriffs went through the entire house they checked IDs on every individual there uh, saw all the cannabis. They saw everything that was happening, the scales, yada, yada. Took a bunch of pictures too, right? Took pictures, and then they left. Yeah. And nothing, you never heard about it again? No. I show up and that And everybody evening. went back to trimming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the moral of the story, and that's why we all got into this. It was the yeah. scariest fucking moment of my life. Or not of my life, but at the moment, I was terrified. The whole point is that all of this was so, you know, not organized, just totally fucked up, and the sheriff's just left. And so, so, what is our what Jeff is our moral? What's our moral of the story? <laughs> the moral of the story is is that where that's where we realized that we should probably start doing this because the only hesitation before was just the legality aspect. And you're like, I'm way more organized than yeah, this guy. Totally. I know I can have my shit better totally. together. And if the sheriff's just going to turn around so, and walk away, why, I might as well try. Uh, well, the only thing was getting in trouble that stopped us before. It's like we we smoke weed. We want to grow our own weed. We know it's illegal. We know we can do it with a script and blah, blah, blah. But that was kind of our first commercial for-profit grow experience. And to see this random guy from Virginia with, like, you know moderate man skills pull it off <laughs> i'm like dude evan we gotta do this <laughs> like if this guy can do it we are idiots for not doing it like i can do it better than him it was my main everything i saw at that particular processing party trim scene whatever 
I didn't, I realized I could do it better. I didn't even see it as doing it better. I thought it was like if you fuck it up, or just do this. This is the repercussion, you know, like <laughs> yeah. like no big deal. The share the cops are gonna leave. Like I'm not gonna be arrested. I'm not gonna have to deal with that. Now that you are seasoned farmers, what's a harvest life skill that you've developed that you think people should know about? Like something that you do to I keep yourself going. I always tell the guys that the best thing that I'm capable of is weighing out pound bags. <laughs> and it's kind of a joke because everyone's trimming and it's processing and it's like horrible and crazy and all this at the same time. And it's like, all right, well, I guess I better do what I'm best at. And they're like, what's that? Weighing pounds. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> So that's that's the that's the putting goal. it in the back. Like uh, honestly, like it gets to the point where it takes months and months to figure all this stuff out. But once you put a finished pound of weed into a brand new turkey bag and it, you suck the air out and you tight it, you seal it down. You look at it and you go, okay, this is market weight acceptable high quality cannabis. It's like top of the mountain arms up moment. No, like literally, like you're like <laughs> one, bam, and then you do it again, two, bam, and you just bang out pounds and you weigh them out. And as you're weighing them, you have to make sure that all the crow's feet are gone. If there's any mold, you'd pick that out. But we have like triple, quadruple processes to get all this stuff out, but it still makes it your way final through. quality control. We are the final. We do vouch for that. Control. Any pound you're buying from us, we've. We personally package. Yeah. You have to. I can tell by looking at you. <laughs> that our weed's clean because we're dirty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone said that the other day. Evan brought some containers into the nutrient store, and she goes, wow, you hose those things out. They're really clean. And I go, yeah, just because Evan's dirty doesn't mean that he doesn't. He's dirty because he cleans. Yeah. <laughs> Everything we do is he's clean. He's obsessive compulsive about cleaning. we are dirty. <laughs> totally. And since you are the organized mastermind of the harvest operation, what like helps you keep it together? <laughs> A lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll vouch for dump runs. <laughs> uh, the key is, honestly, is getting rid of all the shit you don't need. Like getting it off the just property. getting it off Gone. the property, you know, because it can become a funnel of just material, you know, whether it be cardboard boxes from Amazon or nutrient containers. So or you Marie Kondo the farm? Well, we just <laughs> constantly. Yeah. What brings you pleasure? Or what is her thing? Uh, yeah, putting brings all, you joy. And Does same, it bring same, you joy? Bring, putting all the shit that's the alike, putting it together. I've been out at the farm. I've like, seen your I, handiwork. It's or, yeah. organizing for sure. It's right. clean. It's not it's, me. It's, it's seven. It's, it's organizing. Oh, we know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's more Come the... Come to my house. It's not me. It's my wife. Uh, well, but if you look at my truck, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid. Well, thank y'all for sharing your harvest story with me. I think it was a good one. Well, good. well chosen. Well played. Thank you, Virginia It's the first Jeff. one. <laughs> well, hey, we'll you We'll tell got... the second one next year. All right. I love you guys. Good luck with the rest of your harvest. Thank you. Thank you. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. 
If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find All That I'm Asking on his album Sky Still Blue, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.